Who sent Donna the fruitcake? Mystery solved, and the reveal is coming up during this episode of My Second Act. Tuck Coward joins us to talk about his personal experience with the new Super Gonorrhea strain. And your favorite moments from the first year of the My Second Act podcast coming up, including Death Starts at 269 and The First Time I Saw Boobies. Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. I fully expect to be asleep by 11.47 p.m. tonight. We've for years now. I've not been big New Year's Eve's. We we used to be. We used to be big New Year's Eve's. Oh, man. You know what? I just am kind of like, especially in this year, I think this year more than anything, like in the past, you might have had FOMO, you know, if you weren't out and about. But this year, more than anything, just give yourself a pass. Put on your pajamas pajamas, and just hang out and watch New Year's Rock and Eve from home. With nobody in Times Square. With nobody in Times Square. And you don't, you haven't missed a thing. And move on into 2021 and let's try it again next year. What do you think? I'm in. Okay. Traveling to the Appen Media Group and Appen Podcast Network. Today, we are 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta and Alfred of Georgia, North Fulton County. What was your hype song? Well, I thought about this. We don't have any Kip Moore. I'm a big Kip Moore fan. I know you are Georgia too. Boy. So cute. Um, the song is Beer Money, and Kip is from Tifton, Georgia. Do you know that he played his first gig at the Mellow Mushroom in Valdosta? I did not know that. How about that? So cool. Mellow Mushroom was um, developed or, or, or uh, created by some, I think, teaks at Georgia Tech. How about that? Yeah, I love Kip Moore. Um, You know, I've always thought of Kip Moore. I told you in the past, I think he sounds like a um, John Mellencamp, but he describes himself and he is described as kind of like a country Bruce Springsteen, which I kind of get to. Um, And Bruce Springsteen is a huge influence of his. Um, Rolling Stone is doing this, um, this series on digital. And it's called How Was Your 2020? And they pick a different artist and different genre and just kind of go back over like, you know, how was your 2020? What happened? And they just did Kip Moore really recently. And just a couple of things from the article that I thought were interesting. Um, They asked the same kind of things from each artist. And they said, define your current state of mind. And he said, a bit dark at times with a forced hopefulness. I love that forced hopefulness because I have that too. Not an answer that you wanted, I'm sure, but honest. I feel our phones have taken us into this really strange antagonistic approach to everything. And I don't know how that gets better if it's only going more that way. Um, Most interesting thing that he learned to cook during quarantine was blackened salmon. And I think the one thing he said that he was really looking forward to was um, shaking hands and seeing expressions. I think for any artist, that's what they want to do just be back on the road and seeing people um, but love kip more so i am adding beer money how about you i'm gonna add fix a drink from chris jansen that's a good one chris jansen everybody good guy good artist uh great songwriter family man and um had had a handful of hits we used to have him all the time at our country fair event which was a day long well depending on the year sometimes it was three days sometimes it was 10 days but our big celebration of country music in atlanta every year and uh we booked chris let's see we uh, they booked Chris Jansen every like four years in a row yeah. because he just put on such a great show. He's kind of like the country him. Mick Jagger. He's a showman. Yeah. 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 Like and he, he kind of struts like Mick yes, Jagger. Yes, he does. All barefoot across the stage. Interesting thing about Chris Jansen. I think this is true. You'll tell me. He's Most of his songs have to do with like partying and drinking, but he doesn't drink, right? Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big partier. And then I know his wife. Well, was a big, he was a big drinker. Yeah. And I know him and his wife, Kelly, kind of had a, a meeting of the minds and he said he needed to really stop all that 
which is great. Yeah. Yeah, great guy. We'll add them both to the Caddy and Donna Hype Song Spotify playlist. It will search on Spotify. And if you are just sick and tired of, if you're, if first, if you're caught up with every episode of this podcast, then you can move on to the Spotify Hype Song playlist and just, you don't have to speak to anybody as you come back yeah. to town. Only after you're caught up. Caught and, if up. You, and if you have been traveling out of town too, whether it was for Christmas or maybe even coming up or maybe you're traveling right now out of Georgia, you know what the biggest Yahoo moment is? if you're outside of the state of Georgia right now, is that you do not have to see TV ads for the Senate January 5th election. True. You've avoided all that. You know, the biggest Yahoo moment coming back into Atlanta is what's when that? you see, like, you know, you're like, okay, what's the moment for you, like traveling back from somewhere where you're like, I'm back in Atlanta. If you're coming 85 southbound, it's it would state. be Hartwell, like Hartwell. Yeah. Not the right well, answer? Well, it, no, I think it's different for everyone. For me, it was always the um, old Brave Stadium. Like, you know, yeah, like okay. once you got there, you're like, because when you come back from Florida, you're like, oh, thank God I'm home. And you'd always get stuck in traffic. Nashville police officer James Wells recalls the moment that he heard the explosion in downtown Nashville on Christmas morning at around 630 a.m. As I'm getting ready to walk toward them, walking back toward the RV, and I, this might not be politically correct, but this is my truth. I literally hear God tell me to turn around and go check on Topping, who was by herself down on Broadway. And um, as I turn around, you know, for me, it felt like I only took three steps. And then the music stopped. And as I'm walking back toward Topping now, I just see orange. And then I hear a loud boom. And uh, as I'm stumbling, because uh, it, it rocked me that hard. I started stumbling. I just tell myself to stay on your feet, stay alive. Stay on your feet, stay alive. Yeah. You heard Officer Wells reference or refer to Topping. Uh, she was also one of the first on the scene and a national PD officer who was, who was there Christmas morning. The explosion led to fires and flooding and power outages and, and cell phone and Internet service to homes and businesses across a, a huge region of, I, th- I believe, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama. Um, affected. They have arrested, we're not going to say his name, but they have arrested the gentleman, the asshole, not gentleman, he's not he's far from, he's not anything but a gentleman, the, the dick that decided to do this on Christmas morning. Um, he was in the RV that he drove downtown and uh, he, he blew himself up in the RV. Lived in Antioch, Tennessee, about 11 miles from downtown where the the blast site was. Miraculously, only three people were injured in this explosion that caused damage, if if not flattened, 43 buildings in downtown Nashville. Yeah, it could have been so many more had it not been for those amazing first responders. Ten years ago, Nashville had the floods. Earlier this year, they had the tornado, and they've had tornadoes in the past 10 years as well. But, uh, you know, right before the pandemic hit, they had the tornadoes and then the pandemic and Nashville relies so much on tourism and dollars from, from, from tourists that come to the city. And also Nashville relies on musicians and touring artists that, that have so many different people on their payrolls that travel the world playing music for people to make people smile, to make people happy. We often talk about how live music is what we need right now to help turn us around. Yeah, and you and, always and, think of Nashville as a happy place, you know, in the past. You've always thought of Nashville as a place people go up there for, you know, 
bridal showers and bachelorette getaways and people go again. It's a great day trip. And I just think it's everybody's had a tough year, but man, Nashville has had a tough year. And I saw, a you know, there was a musician who was in Dirk Bentley's band who um, his house had been basically flattened throughout the tornado and um, they had rebuilt it and were rebuilding it. And he had like all this because he lived close to the scene from where this happened. And he had a lot of residual damage from from all of this that went on. So I think that, again, there are just some people who cannot catch a break. And Nashville seems to be a city right now that just cannot catch a break. Um, so we're just thinking of everyone. And, and obviously, with this story, everything's changing quickly. So there's not, we can't go into a whole lot of news reports about it because it's it's changing constantly. And, and some of the stories that are coming out are just crazy. Um, why anyone would do this at any time, but especially on Christmas Day. When you pull up the dude who killed himself in the RV in his home in Antioch, Tennessee on Google Street View, it shows the RV that he drove to downtown Nashville in the yard. In Google Street View photographs, videos, whatever it would be, that, that were taken in uh, roughly May 2019, was sitting in a, uh, a like a pen, not but like a... Uh, a gate or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Google Street View helped along with tips from the neighbors who said, ah, you know, I, I think we've yeah. seen that, uh, that, RV. that RV parked here in the neighborhood. Well, one thing that someone said, which is so true, is that, thank God, as you were saying, only three people, I mean, three too many, but that three people were injured. But the one thing that I heard someone talking about is there's a Buffalo's and obviously there's a hard rock down there. Those people had already been decimated by the pandemic because, as you said, no tourists were coming the mayor and the governor up there have been on different pages about opening and closing the city and what's been going on. And so they were already hurting so bad. And then there was so much damage to some of those restaurants down there that now these people don't even have jobs to go to. So again, it just, the hurt just keeps coming, unfortunately. Stay Nashville strong. Yes. The mystery fruitcake. Where did it come from? Remember the conversation recently, I think two episodes ago, you get in the mail a fruitcake. A fruitcake. But there's no note. There's no name. There's no nothing. It came from Texas. That's all we knew. Yeah, not just any fruitcake. A fancy, good fruitcake. So, a big thanks to Podpeep Shelby, who lives in northeast Georgia, who sent you the fruitcake. I love Shelby. And she also sent me a case, 12 honey buns with icing. Okay, which I have to say, Shelby, completely Woo! completely unnecessary. There's my Ric Flair. Yeah. Woo! Completely unnecessary. Oh my gosh, you put it in the microwave 15 seconds. It's like a little uh, just And again, here we go on the last day of 2020 that you have had a constant troubled tummy. And you you crack me up. You're like, I don't know what's causing it. Could it possibly be the case of honey buns that you're eating? Iced. Yeah. That you're eating like Fritos. Mystery salt. Thank you, Shelby. Very kind. Oh, so sweet. So sweet. Made my year. Thank you. All right, let's shift gears to Talk about his personal experience with this new super gonorrhea strand that is on the rise is Tug Cowart. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I I, uh, I wasn't sure we were going to talk about that today, but uh, I'm glad to do it. It's on the rise due to COVID-19, says WHO, which would be the World Health Organization, Tug Cowart. That's terrible news. Does it 
Does it burn all the time? No, it's more of a it's more itchy at the beginning, and then later at night, like when you're trying to sleep, that's when the burning starts. Antibiotics, the way to go, they say. But that's the problem. They being the who. Well, no, but that's the which, problem. Who Everybody. Is? The World Health Organization, all these people were taking these super antibiotics for COVID, and now they've created this super gonorrhea. Mm. All right, well, hang in there, buddy. We're thinking about you. Yeah, man, I'm going to I must just keep digging in there. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> That's probably the last thing you should do. Well, I mean, I, well, I just mean like it was, you know, scratching, digging in, you know, just to, to ease and hopefully comfort, you know, that uh, itchy, burning sensation yes. that Tug's pads will not take care of. Tug is with Atlanta 680, the fan. Tug's up. Uh, best friend of the world and uh, for years we hosted a morning very successful morning show on at the time atlanta's number one country station now i think it's number four we invited tug on the show just to say hello and happy holidays but also to have a conversation about uh, phil necro who who passed here in the past couple of days he was 81 years old and uh they called him hammer and phil for a reason well no, uh, no, hammer and phil no 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 phil necro his his nickname was nuxy because he threw a knuckleball Oh, yeah, that's what I said. No, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Yeah. 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 Anuxi, who who hit 750, he was the one that, if you have ever been to Truist Park and sat in the 755 Club, it's because of Phil Necro that that facility with the great food in the seats is is named after his 755th right. home run. Well, Phil Necro. Well, again, again, you're mixing, you're just mixing up a little bit. Huh? Um, and I know you're not a baseball guy, so it, but it's all right. Yeah, no, it's uh, Hank Aaron. Hit 755. He was hammering. Well, that's Hank what I said, Tug. Phil Necro. That's what I said, Tug. Phil, yeah. Oh, I see. I, I misunderstood. There must be a bad connection, man. He was uh, Phil Necro. And Donna, you have a photo of you and Phil from a Rhubarb Jones Celebrity Golf Classic that we're going to include in this Saturday's issue uh, of the letter. But but Phil Necro uh, was a trailblazer in baseball because he was one of the first to sign a contract with the Negro American League. Well, well, no. No, again, huh? I th- I think you just you're you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself. You you're just mixing a couple guys up. Oh, Hank sorry. Aaron actually is still alive. Well, that's what I said. Who is African American and and he he played um, for the Negro. He American played League. in right, okay. but he, he but he also played in 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 Major League Baseball. But I mean, but Phil Necro, I mean he he's Lily White, I and mean, he didn't he didn't he didn't play in the uh, the Negro leagues, which are now being. The numbers for the Negro Leagues are actually rolling over, and they're they're going to be can, uh, counted as part of Major League Baseball, which is very cool because some of those guys never got credit for being the incredible baseball players that they actually were. Yeah, that's very very well deserved and a long time coming. I, listen, I met Phil Negro at Rhubarb's golf tournament. He was always he was always at Rhubarb's golf tournament because I think they were pretty good friends. Rhubarb Jones, a legendary yeah. Atlanta radio broadcaster who who who, who, passed. who was just raised money all the time for great organizations yeah. for his golf tournament but yeah other he was that he did yeah and so he passed a couple of years ago and um phil necro was so nice like the picture that i have with him he is this he was the sweetest guy like you know another one of those people that would always look you in the eye and say your name and mm-hmm. seems like not a big deal but when you meet someone that is a legend in whatever they're doing it's always impressive when that person you know, looks you in the eye, shakes your hand, says your name, and seems genuinely interested in meeting you, you know? Nice yeah, guy. you're exactly right. Yeah, he was a you know, a guy that spent 24 years in Major League Baseball, and it took him 10 years to get to the big leagues after signing with Milwaukee in, in the minor leagues because he was he threw a knuckleball. That's why he's called Nuxie, and those are incredibly hard to hit, 
and incredibly hard to catch. So he would have the lowest ERA in baseball, and his catcher would have the most pass balls in Major League Baseball because it's so hard to catch. Now, for those, uh, unlike myself, that aren't familiar with baseball, uh, ERA would, would mean – the, the earned run average, the, average. yeah, what what you give up, right. yeah, yes. that's the you know when when they hit when they score runs while you're pitching because of your pitching. Exactly. Thank you, Tug. You didn't know. Yeah, that. that's what I'm here for. You didn't. No, know. he did. I'm sure he knew that. Mm-hmm. Tyler, come on. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, he's a baseball fan deep down. He's just uh, he just hadn't paid attention to it lately because it was a, it was a shortened season this past year. Thank ah, you, Tug. Right. That's why Tug's okay. my best friend. That's right. right there. Okay. How do you use Tug the light feature on Twitter? I ask Tug Cowart because I think people are confused now. Like the like feature is for Instagram. In other words, I like this picture. I like mm-hmm. this uh, your Christmas tree. Yeah, or on, whatever on, you're posting. Right on Twitter, though. On on Twitter, the like feature is meant to be used for something that you want to go back and read. Right. Right. It, Almost not, like a you, you save it. Right, exactly. It's not meant to be used as, I like this article. That's not what it means. Um, there was an article that I wanted to like because I wanted to go back and read and and, mm-hmm. and, and learn about because I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. And I thought, well, I can't like this because then people maybe will think that I like and endorse this Minnesota town that's given the green light for a whites-only church. So I had, to do a, I had to do a screen grab. It is a problem. Yeah, it should be called save instead of like. But listen, this, yeah, that would be the smart thing. The same thing goes on an Instagram because have you ever had someone post something that like that like you don't like? Maybe it's like some sad story or something, and you you don't like is not the appropriate term for that either. It's almost like I feel you. I'm praying. Everybody likes to pray yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, you know, everybody's ma- yeah. praying on Facebook. Maybe there should be a pray hands emoji all the time available. That you could just yeah hit. because Facebook does that you know Facebook does that where you can select it for where their like thumbs up is if you hold it down you can get you a can sad select, teary man you know care sad wow mad yeah. it gives you a, a, an array of emojis yes to use for whichever the story is that you're looking at which I have to tell you I, I worry about with Caddy because he is not good with emojis so Uh-oh. I could see like if if like if if uh, little Tuggles the dog passed. And someone posted that mm-hmm. you would hold down and put the wrong emoji and put like the hey, like with the tongue sideways, you know? Is that what they're yeah, right, yeah. right, yeah, right. It's like you're saying, I like this. And yeah. people are like, well, why would you like it if I don't that? Well, I don't have good eyes either. And so it's oh. very difficult for me to look at emojis and know what they mean. I sometimes have to respond to somebody and be like, I have, what does that mean? I don't know what that means with that coming out of his yeah. ears. Yeah. Or the one, yeah, right, have you seen right. the one with the little, the little, um, monopoly, uh, like eyeglass thing where he's like thinking with his finger on his chin? I'm not, no. Yeah. I'm like, what does that one mean? Like, hmm, you know? Those are always challenging. I agree with that. And there's way too many of them. Like, if the bottom of your, you know, your iPhone when you're texting, if you hit the, the emojis where you can use them, there's like 10,000 of them. Who's got time? It's an instant it's a text message. It's supposed to be quick. No, and I'm I'm like a five, I have five emojis that I use. You either get the heart, the strong arm, or like the heart eyes. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. The strong arm. <laughs> yeah. If somebody's like, I got a new job, I'm going to give you a strong arm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> way to go. Way to be tough. Way to get out exactly. there and get after it. 2020 has sucked, Tuck Coward. 2020 has sucked. So, what's your takeaway? 
Um, I'm just ready for it to be done, but it, I'm scared a little bit because of next year. Think about it. It's 2021. W-O-N. Like, it beat us. Mm. Now, that took some thought. Where do you put that together? How do you have time to put that together? I think I I saw it and hit like on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) He gave it a strong arm. (laughs) I gave it the old strong arm. No, I don't know, man. I'm just hoping it's going to be a little better. I'm scared to death that there's going to be a shutdown. Not because I think we need it necessarily, but just because I, I think that, you know, that small businesses are so many of them are not going to make it, you know, and, and it's going to be worse than we could ever possibly imagine. So I'm hoping that's not the case. What's your takeaway, Cadillac like Jack, on 2020? Uh, well, I, I, I think that, that I think a lot of people have learned to adapt and adjust and to do a whole lot more with a whole lot less. That's, that's true. That's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's true. And that's yeah. actually a really good part. Yeah, look, there, you can't go through something like 2020 and then not learn something from it. I think because if you think about it, and I was talking to my son Jacob about this, who's 16, and, you know, he, he, he doesn't know everything, but he thinks he does. And, you know, he, we were talking about it. I was like, buddy, think about this. You know, if you go on a vacation and everything's great and everything goes just to plan, how much of it do you remember? Like, it's almost like you want something bad to happen on vacation. Not bad, but something memorable. So you always have that memory. I, I just always think it's easier to remember things when they've been tough rather than when they've been easy. So true. Well, it's like we talk about you you take your kids on these vacations that you want to go on that you think are amazing and great. And then they always remember the vacations they remember are like the simplest ones, you know, where you just. Yeah. It, right. it wasn't all of that. I think that's my takeaway, too. Same thing as you guys, but also that. You just kind of have to like live small and be okay with it. And when I say live small, I don't mean kind of like what you said, like live with less resources, but also just you kind of have to check your inner brat in a way as an adult, Mm -hmm. because at first you're like, I want to go to concerts. I want to eat out. I want to travel. And you're, you're mad because something's been taken away from you. And then I think as more time goes on, I started to, because for the first part of the pandemic, I focused so much on everything I couldn't do, you know, and I think the last half of the pandemic, I tried to focus on the things that I still had and the things that I could Mm -hmm. do, which is spend more time with your kids or be home more, that kind of stuff. And I just think uh, like for me, I had to kind of check that inner, like what we're, what you're talking about, like that inner 16 year old. That's like, why can't I do this? This isn't fair. I want to do this. Well, you know what? It's, um, I think it taught life's us. Not fair yeah, life's not fair. And I think I think for our kids, like you were saying too, to see us as adults having to adapt is not a bad thing. No, you're right. I think you're 100 percent right. And we're getting all deep and philosophical. I know you guys like to <laughs> laugh more than anything else, but but it's so true. You know, maybe um, I think Thomas Rhett said it. Uh, he was like, if, if if I take anything into 2021, it's that slow down mindset that 2020 has made us adapt or, or adopt rather. Yeah, never lose it. Well, let's talk about, can we talk about this dog? This yeah, let's puppy, talk about your dog. This dog that you adopted. Yeah, well, look, wait, and we don't get him. I, I, see, I, I, I just used a picture to say, hey, this is the dog we're getting. And I didn't really put it quite like that. And I think some people, because people are now asking me, what did y'all name the dog? You know, and I'm like, well, I have to respond and say, well, we don't get him for another month. Yeah, I gave <laughs> it a know? strong arm. I thought that you had the dog. I gave it a, a happy heart emoji and a strong arm. My, 
That's right, she did. And I, my goal was not to mislead by any means. It was just saying, here's the, the dog we're getting, and here's a list of names that we think we might name him. So my son Jacob has been asking for a dog for three years since old Ernie Bernie Ernie died. Bernie, Ernie Bernie killed. passed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good and the Falcons killed him. But, you know, that's, um, you know, I think we've probably talked about that a few times. But anyway, you knew that. he was a pug and he was, he hey, was hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, the Falcons killed Ernie Bernie. The Falcons? Well, you, I know, I'm, I know I've told you this before. Yeah. Well, give me, give the Atlanta Falcons killed my dog, kind of like that. They're their, devils. They're the constant the disappointment. Yes, it killed Ernie. I thought you meant them falcons well, that were flying around. Was, picked. I thought that Ernie's a, a head, was a hefty dog. I <laughs> know. <laughs> How did they pick Ernie no, up? Uh, and where did they take him? The kid we were laughing. We weren't laughing, of course, about Ernie's demise the other day. But he came up in no, conversation with not. one of our kids. And I think it was our 17 year old daughter, Olivia. And she remembered that we went over there for your surprise birthday party one time. And Ernie just sat there staring at the yeah. wall. Yeah, right. He was he was not the smartest dogs, and he stunk real bad. But anyway, so quickly, it was it was at the Super Bowl. Ernie had a uh, seizure. We had to put him down on Monday following Super Bowl. So he had a seizure as the Falcons were melting down with two minutes left in the game. Uh-huh. Laura, who is a Patriots fan, didn't even know the Patriots had come back and beat the Falcons because we were dealing with Ernie and his wild hose. Oh, no. <laughs> no. It was terrible. Oh, it was no. like It was like a sprinkler system. He was just peeing everywhere. <laughs> While uh, convulsing, and no. it's not—it's—I it's, no, know it's not funny, but it seems funny now to look back because we were in the midst of chaos, and the Falcons were losing the Super Bowl. They should have won, and um, and the dogs just wild hosing and convulsing. It was terrible. Let's talk about that real second. Just one quick second, Tug. Okay. Um, Roscoe is our our hound dog. One of our two. You know Roscoe, great dog. Yeah, of course. And turns out Roscoe is a grower. And not a shower. I don't want to talk about this. This seems so inappropriate to talk about, about your dog. In my 47 years like on his, Earth. Like his, like his lipstick? Tug. It, it was it was more like Hot Wheel track. Oh, wow. In I'm, my I'm 47 years on Earth, I, I've never seen anything like it. I not. Until okay. uh, until this week at some point. And it you was, had to call me over to show it to me. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't. I have no interest in this. I think of him I as didn't a sweet either, but I did after boy. that. I was like, gee whiz, where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, it was like a pogo stick, was it not? You, you were impressed about. as Donna. You were impressed as well. I don't think impressed would be the word. Shocked, maybe, yes. But okay. he's like a little boy. We shouldn't <laughs> be talking about this. Okay. Poor right, Ernie yeah. Bird. Well, or per, well, poor yeah, Ernie Bird. Ernie passed to the Rainbow Bridge, and let's just move well, on. He did, yeah. And so it's been three years, and so he's been begging. My son Jacob's been begging for another dog, and finally... Uh, we gave in, so we put a little deposit down, um, mm. and we we typically wouldn't have, uh, you know, we would have went to a shelter. <clears throat> we would have went to a shelter, but uh, Jacob is allergic to dogs, so we had to get something that's pretty hypoallergenic. We can't get something that's, you know, a, a mix of, of a whole bunch of stuff that's not hypoallergenic. That sounds pricey. So anyway, long story short, we ended up with a, uh, a miniature schnauzer, and oh, uh, we're probably going to name him Cash. K-A-S-H. How do you feel about that, Callan Jack? Well, in, in that kind of a a, 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 a ladies dog tug? <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know that, that, that well. What do you want to name it? Rebecca? Caddy? Well, Lacey or something. Because it, it's, it's a little girl dog. It's not like Ernie. Well, but no, no, it's a little, no, it's a little boy. It's a little it boy a little dog. dog. He's just little in size, but he's mighty in spirit. Cash. All right. Well, no, I mean, he'll be the same size as old Ernie Bernie was. 
Really? Yeah, yeah, they're about the same size. It's a, yeah, many schnauzer gets to be about the same size as a, a pug, which is what Ernie was. Very excited about this. Ernie, Ernie, listen, I loved Ernie. And Ernie was a part of my life for years and years and years. But he was not the smartest dog in the shed. No, he was at the shelter. bag of hammers. But, man, we loved him. <laughs> hey, man, y'all have a safe New Year's Eve. And uh, we'll see you in 2021. And uh, God bless you. And thanks for everything, buddy. All right, man. Love y'all. See All ya. Right. Let's talk cow, everybody. Talking about uh, 2021. Make time for your family. How about that one? How about hitting the reset button? First of the year is the perfect time to do that. And... How about focusing on eating healthier and getting more organized and trying to get back to normal? Dinner Affair is perfect for this. It's a cost-effective way to get dinner on the table. So many people, us included, turn to Dinner Affair after the holidays to get your, your eating out spending in line after you eat out throughout the holidays and uh, ordering in during the holidays and, and um Dinner affair can get you back on track. Yeah, you're. Just, I think at, like we're off track. We've talked about this as a family in so, so many different ways. It's not. It, well, no, it's not just. Huh? You. It's not just you. Um, it, you know, it's like you want to sit around a table. If that's been one of your New Year's resolutions, is to to figure out a way to sit around a table and eat dinner together as a family. Sometimes that's difficult, but you know you need to do it. You've got kids spread out, and you know what? All over different rooms, and people are not eating. They're eating in front of the TV. Sit together as a family. That's always been a big priority for us. And Dinner Affair can help make that happen. You're going to be able to put dinner on the table in less than 30 minutes with most of these meals. And they're healthy. But here's the good thing. They're really good, too. Um, Some healthy food your kids don't want to eat. This is going to be great food that your kids and your entire family are going to want to eat. Always have a fresh home-cooked meal ready when you need it most. Always 100% guaranteed. Dinneraffair.com. Dinneraffair.com. And a new promo code. As the a very generous offer from from Stephanie and Ken that own Dinner Affair stands at thirty dollars off your first order. Use the promo code Caddy Reset twenty twenty one. Caddy Reset twenty twenty one at dinneraffair.com. We ask you to choose your favorite podcast moment from the last year. The listener's choice podcast moment is on the way. We're going to start there with Donna. And, us, you know, when we when we decided to do this, because we're approaching, of course, the end of the year, today's New Year's Eve, if you're listening on Upload Day, but this podcast launched the first week of January 2020, so we're coming up on our one-year mark as well. So it didn't necessarily have to be a funny, laugh-out-loud type moment. It could also be something that, that we call it sticky content, something that stuck with you, something that you heard that you could relate to, a takeaway from the podcast. And Donna, you chose the story about your father. Uh, Charlie, who who passed in 1993, and Charlie nearly missed his own funeral at Fripp Island, South Carolina, where you and your family went to to vacation quite a bit. Yeah, it was crazy. My dad, uh, we were going up to Fripp Island to um, do a service, a small family service, and they have an internment there. We're going to spread some of the ashes in the ocean because it was a really special place to my family. We grew up going there our whole lives. And we almost didn't make it. Who's got Charlie? Now, at the time, Donna, you were married to your first husband. Here is that moment. Yes. So we had one car. We had rented this big SUV so that we could all drive together. And again, it's my all of this entire family. And I have family in Charleston. My brother lives in Charleston. So they were coming over from there. My niece, who lives up there now, it was just a lot of people. So we were all staying in one house, and we were going to do the service. And again, my Uncle Jay, God bless him, was going to do the service. 
and we get probably mm, 30 minutes from Fripp. It is a drive. It's, it's about, about a six, a, oh, seven. Donna. I don't even it's know. It's an eight, nine hour drive when you're driving. With me, it's probably 12. But we get like 30 minutes from the gate and someone just happens to say, did anyone pick up Charlie? That was my dad's name, Charlie. And we're like, what? And they're like, did anyone get, I think my sister was like, did anyone get dad's ashes? And it's like, no. And then it was all this, you were supposed to get them. No, I wasn't. You were supposed to get them. No, I was <laughs> I was in charge of the Gatorade. No, you were in charge of the ashes. It's like, oh my gosh. So my sweet, sweet husband at the time lets us all off at the house, turns around, because we were doing the ceremony the next day, turns around, drives all the way back, picks up Charlie, and drives him all the way back. And one of the kids, I'm telling this Always story. Always knew your mother liked him more. No. One of the kids, well, I mean, how could you not? I mean, what an act of service. No kidding, because you asked me. Okay. No, one of the kids asked you. We're telling the story at the dinner table of the night, and one of the kids, without missing a beat, I think it was Olivia, was like, Dad, would you have gone back? <laughs> and I just said, we'd have figured something out. Unbelievable. We'd have figured something out. Maybe there's like a neighbor. Ubered him? Or no. Maybe there is a neighbor. That had a spare key or could go through a window in the house, retrieve Charlie, and then repack him in a FedEx box. Oh, my God. And send him to Fripp and just delay everything by a day. Listen to yourself. I don't know that I would. <sighs> well, I would for you. June 15th. The episode two drive-ins and a funeral. Charlie made it back to Fripp. I just want to go on record again as saying that I would go back for you. I would I would drive like anywhere to pick you up and do what I need to do. We'd figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'd figure it out. Listener pick from the My Second Act podcast in 2020. Episode is titled The First Time I Ever Saw Boobies. Mm. From May 12th of this first year that we have spent with you. Friend who is our age, and I say our, it's like, you know, all the boys in the neighborhood. And uh, she had a basement, and she had a sliding glass door in her basement. And so I'm not going to call her out because I just don't want to do that. We'll just call her Caroline. Mm-hmm. And so Caroline told us to all be outside her sliding glass door at like five o'clock after you know after got off the bus, go home, finish your homework, change, put put on your play clothes. Remember that when you change oh, out yeah, your school change clothes, it, you put on your play clothes, and then be you know be down here at my house, meet me down here at my house, and be in front of the sliding glass door at five o'clock. And we're like, oh my god, oh, oh my god, god what's going to happen? Like a and peep show. It wasn't just that, Donna Choke. It was just that. And so the cart, the curtains part. Who is this girl running around peep show in her parents' basement? The, the curtains part, and there is Caroline standing there with her boobies. Okay. And we are 12-year-old boys and did not know what to do with our hands. Like, kind of like when you're Caroline. Caroline. Yeah. Tell you what, that was a very, my, my eyes, Donna, when those, when Caroline, remember, remember in your basement growing up? The curtains used to be on that draw, the rod, and you right, like, but, and you part like, or you could you could pull them like at a theater, yes, 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 you yes, know, yes. with the 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 rope like thing, yes, that was in the, it's like a hook and ladder or something. I was yeah. at Home Depot the other day. I should know this kind of stuff. But. So did she set this up for y'all? That's what I meant to yes. ask you. Like she told, did she tell y'all on the bus or something? Absolutely like, okay, boys, come over, come over and see my boobies. What? How do you turn that down? Why? Why was she so? Eyes, into- my eyes have never been that big before. Had y'all at the time told her that you had never seen boobies and you I needed to? I don't know, to? Donna. I don't know. But we saw boobies. Wow. 
Oak Carolina. Fallen Creek Estates in Hickory, North Carolina. Mm. Woo-wee. Mm. What does Ron White mm. say? Mm. Shoe buddy. Shoe buddy. Shoe buddy. All right, my pick for Podcast Moment 2020 is uh, something that you hear as reference quite often. The episode title is Death Starts at 269. This was episode 10 from February 11th of 2020. Now, at the time of this episode, we were a month out from President Trump naming coronavirus as a national emergency. But on February 11th, I said, I think we're going to have some problems here. I think this is bigger than most people think that it is. And at the time, a lot of people were planning spring break trips, and they were talking about them, and you were very clear that mm, didn't think those people were going to be going on those trips. At the time of this episode, there were only four cruise ships worldwide that had been quarantined. Only four. Now, remember, eventually the whole world shut down the cruising industry. Right. A little too late, I think we could argue. At the time, though, of this episode, there were only four. One in the United States in Oakland, California, if you remember that cruise ship. And they didn't know what to do with the people because it was just so new and nobody knew uh, anything about, really, coronavirus. What's going on here? And look at us now. It was very eerie for me to listen to the clip you're about to hear from this episode back in early February. Okay, so we've been on cruises, quite a few. And I love cruises, but... Imagine, okay, so if you do not have a balcony, if you are in an interior room right now on a cruise ship, you you cannot leave your room. I would rather contract the coronavirus. Okay, do not say that. Than be in an interior room on a cruise ship with no balcony and no window with your entire family. And they're bringing the meals to your door in masks and knocking on your door. Can you imagine? And there's a great follow that I found. His name is Matthew Smith. I think he's a British journalist. And he is on the Diamond Pri- uh, uh, Diamond Princess. Yes, Princess Which Cruise. is docked in Japan somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he is tweeting what's going on. You get almost a real-time snapshot of what's going on on this cruise ship with 3,000 crew and guests. And it's been quarantined until late. I think like the 19th. Does, he have, have a ba- a does he have a balcony? He does. He has a suite. Oh so God, that'd be better. All he Well, it would be better, but I seriously, I don't know. And he's a great follow. Let me give you his handle real quick. It's at, I swear this is it, uh, at MJ's White Bread. That, I'm not, I could that not make, sound real. I couldn't make it up. That's it. Matthew Smith is his name. The handle on Twitter is at MJ's White Bread. When I discovered him last week, he had like 300 followers. I looked before we started recording. He's got like nearly uh, six, 7,000 followers right now. I wonder if you didn't have a balcony. Like, could you like belay yourself down to someone else's balcony? Like, I- I'm telling you, I would consider jumping. Like, at this point, I-, I here's the thing about a cruise. I love a cruise, but you and I have learned this. We've done four-day cruises, which is really a two-day cruise because you really don't get on the boat until midday. And then you have to get off the boat on your final day at like seven in the morning. So that's really a two day cruise. But we've been on a couple like a seven day and there's that one or two days where you're sailing all day. At sea and you're like, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, it's time to go. Time to get back. Because you've, 
you're just kind of like, there's just, I mean, some people find it completely relaxing. And I guess I kind of do for a while, but then you just look and it's just like water after water after water. And you've rock climbed, you've drank, you know, every soda possible. Your kids have eaten, you know, that we went on Royal Caribbean and they would have those all day, all night hot dogs. And you would just, oh my God, these kids were eating like a hundred Hot a dogs a day. It was insane. Free ice cream. Oh my god! And you would ask them like, "Why are you eating another hot dog?" They're free. They're free. <laughs> you know, like because it's free, you have I to have miss it. Out, yeah. Oh, it was like unbelievable, and it was just like you don't know what day it is. You don't know what time it is. It's kind of like being in a casino when you're on the ship because you're like, "Where am I? What? Where? What part of the world am I in? Where am I?" And they're fun. I mean, we've had a great time on them, but I'm always kind of ready when it pulls back in so imagine sitting at a dock. i think i know that they have left the dock and i I can only speak to the diamond princess and i know this because of uh, mj's white bread they have left the dock on i believe two occasions because they have to do uh, maintenance on the sea trials i think it's what they call it they have to and they have and they'll just go out i know that at mj's white bread posted you know how in your stateroom on your tv or in their suite for, you know, it shows where the boats go. Matthew Smith, exactly. And so he did a, a, a picture on his Twitter account of the last day that they went out. It probably looked like the captain was drunk. So he's going in circles. He, Donna, he mentions that in his tweet about it. Yeah, they're just going around We in have circles. a pretty good idea that the captain was not drunk. However, look at what we've done in the past 24 hours. When can you imagine having a view where they're literally taking the people off in the bodies, stretchers? Bodies. And there are, are ambulance, a constant stream of ambulances and doctors and help that are dressed up head to toe in white hazmat suits. And you're on a cruise ship. You cannot leave your room. And you're looking at all of that. It, it's like something out of a movie. No, it is. I saw a commercial during the Oscars for Carnival. Okay. Mm. And their their tagline is Carnival Fun starts at two sixty nine. No, let me tell you what starts. Death starts. Okay, that's extreme. When your white blood cells disappear, that's where it all. The, the fun does not start at two sixty nine. But what does that mean? Two sixty nine. Two two hundred sixty nine dollars. Oh, right. Fun starts at two sixty nine. No, death starts when your okay, your well, breathing like, becomes. We can, we can cross Carnival off as a sponsor. Seriously. Two sixty nine seems. I will tell you, two sixty nine seems cheap to start fun. Death starts at two sixty nine. Look at us now. We are about three hundred days away from fifteen days to slow the curve. That's crazy. I'm telling you, you're like a you're like a a, a truth seer ahead of time. You can among see. other things, yes, yeah. I'm that. You can't use it for good or evil, but you did try to warn people. You did say, I don't think you're going to be able to do what you think you're going to be able to do, and people did not like it. That you were calling them out. I had some pushback. Yeah. Thank you for celebrating uh, the, the first year with us here on the podcast. It means the world to us. It truly does. And let's uh, communicate between episodes. It's very simple. We have a dedicated voicemail and text line that comes straight to my phone. 770-464-6024. Please include your name and city so we can give you a proper pod peep salute in a 2021 episode. Yes. How about that? Of the My Second Act podcast. Something for all your home needs and all the great prices, whether you're looking for a dining room table, a king-size bed for your master bedroom, or a sofa for your living room, gallery, furniture, Gainesville has got you covered. Different brands, styles, are going to help you out with financing and need be. It's a huge warehouse showroom, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. 
yeah, you've had some time now. You've been at home with your relatives and your in-laws and your family, and you've been sitting on your furniture, and you're like, uh, when people came over. When are they leaving? When are they leaving? Because I don't have enough room for everyone to sit down. And you got people sitting on the floor, and you pulling in chairs and different chairs from different areas. It's time for a new sectional and a new recliner. And Gallery Furniture can help you with that. They've got some beautiful sectionals. Some of them have cup holders. Most of them are electric. Um, the recliners that they have are not the old types of recliners that you couldn't wait to get out of your room. These are ones you can't wait to get into your room because they look great um, and they don't look like the old timey recliners. They've got some amazing console tables and tables for TVs, end tables, great mattresses, beautiful bedroom sets. And we talk about it all the time, these amazing dining sets. You can get a huge dining set or you can get a small cafe table depending on the size of your house. An entire category for home office too. If you are just sick or tired of sitting where you're sitting at your home office because you're working from home, gallery, furniture, game fill, askforthewolfman.com, askforthewolfman.com, and you can get your Wolfman merch there as well. Ask for Donna, ask for the Wolfman at Gallery Furniture. The best Christmas present that I ever, I've ever gotten was having Nana, my mother-in-law, your mother, who is 87 years old, be able to join us at our home for Christmas Day. Oh, that's so sweet. You were very excited and genuinely excited. Something that you thought you would never hear me say was everybody double mask up and let social distance as best as we can. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of conversation. And I'll tell you, I've, I've said this to you. You know, we're on the backside of Christmas and it's, we're sitting here and it's New Year's Eve. You know, I had really mixed emotions about it. Because I wanted my mom to be with us more than anything. And I certainly, because Al, her 100-year-old boyfriend, and they lived together in assisted living, because he was going to his family for a very small celebration. Um, there, And I don't mean this to sound bad, but there was no choice. My mom could not sit in the room by herself. We could not go into the facility, but they would prepare her to come out of the facility for the day to come home with us. But I definitely had mixed emotions because... Um, I have been around a lot of people and you have too. And, you know, I know a lot of people were quarantining prior to their elderly parents coming over. I didn't have the luxury to do that. Well, it was a timing. I'm going to stop right there though. It it was a timing thing because we didn't find out until the 23rd, that Wednesday morning. That she was able to come. That they were going to be able to, to leave the facility for the first time since March 10th. Yeah. And, and I kind of felt like, I didn't have a choice. I want, And again, I wanted her at my house more than anything, but I didn't have a choice. I couldn't leave her in the room by herself. And like you said, we did find out on the 23rd. Not the best timing, but that's okay. Um, and they now have to quarantine. When they went back into the facility, they have to quarantine for 14 been, days. They've been quarantined for 10 months. I know. Al just can't walk the halls, which he's not happy about, but they'll get through it for 14 days. But it was amazing having her over there. And I have said this before, but I did have to say to both of the girls, listen, if something comes out of this that's not great, then it's okay. You're not responsible. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not like we're going to cause Nana's death. You know, it, it, and it, this sounds like such a heavy conversation about such a great event, but it is true because both girls said to me, what if Nana gets sick? And, you know, we've said before, I think it's a heavy burden to place on anyone, especially grandchildren, to say that you are potentially responsible for your grandparents' demise. You know, I know that 365 days from now, I hope to God that you and I have all of our parents still in our lives. I don't know that that will be the case, you know? So what I do know 
is I needed to spend this time. We needed to spend this time as a family with her and she needed to spend this time with us. Um, what comes out of that? They're supposed to be getting the immunization shot in two weeks and I hope they do. Um, but it was very important, I think, for all of us, for her to be there. And, you know, the one thing that I have heard from people that didn't have their parents for whatever reason, whether they were COVID related or just, you know, other things had happened is enjoy the moments with them because they just don't come around that often. And they're coming fewer, you know, with, with the situation we're all in, we haven't seen your parents, you know, and it was as happy as I was to have my mom there. It was heartbreaking at the same time because I did miss your mom. I said, I, I wish we had her. She makes this amazing dressing. I wish we'd had her there. You know, one of the first things I want to do is to to drive up and see your dad, but he is immune compromised and we have to be careful how we do that. So I feel like our kids are missing a huge gap. Everyone's kids are by not spending time with their grandparents. And, you know, hopefully this helped some of that. And she was so happy to be there. And it was great was. to have her there. She'd been know. in a car one time before to go to a doctor's appointment that she had to go to, I believe. Yes. This was only the second time in 10 months that Nana had been in a car. And we live five minutes from right. their facility where they have their 600 square foot apartment. But imagine for 10 months. Listen, the pandemic has sucked for everybody outside of an assisted living home. Yeah. But imagine what all you have missed. And I use that word not not missed as enjoy and excitement, but but the things that you have just missed from being absent from life. From life. Yeah. For ten months and having three meals a day delivered to your six hundred square foot apartment in styrofoam boxes. It's unbelievable. Having no contact with yeah. anyone. And she, it was funny. She Except ate. Except for caregivers. Like she was really eating because she was like, and she said at one point, oh, the food's so good because she had had such, you know, again, they do the best they can, but I mean, it's not world changing food three times a day that's delivered. So it was great. And and I got so many kind, um, we post a couple of pictures and I got so many kind responses from pod listeners and I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone had a chance in one way or another, whether it was via Zoom or phone call or in person to spend time with, you know, the people that you love, because it is the connection that kind of keeps us all together at the end of the day. Love you, Nana. We're going to bust you out there, bust you out of there again soon. If in the past 10 days you have had to pull out of your pocketbook or briefcase or gym bag, a laminated copy of your divorce decree and custody agreement, we're both going to ask you to take a moment and listen. We've been there when you have lost a holiday with a child. We have been there when there's been a parent that has shown up two, three hours late. Or not at all. Which then affects or can potentially affect an entire family's day because it's all mapped out. Because often that child who is getting to, not getting, but who is coming to spend time with you during a holiday, other family members plan their entire day around well, yeah. Terry. Well, sometimes it holds up your other kids Christmas. Sure. You know, you can't open. We don't want to open your presents until Terry gets here. We're using Terry as a name. We have been there and it's frustrating. And I, just, I, I saw a lot of people though on social media over in the past 10 days who have had challenges and problems with co-parenting. And taken to social media to vent. Yep. And it's not that difficult. Co-parenting is not that difficult. And if, if, if the co-parenting that I attempted with Will's mother for the first 17 and a half years of his life. I'm not proud of most of that. Yeah, it was difficult. Okay. But 
for the sake of your child, put down your sword and ask your spouse, your ex your former spouse, to do that as well. Realizing too, Donna, that sometimes you just can't help or change maybe your your former spouse who just will not co-parent at all. But if it's a simple conversation, maybe after a headbutt about the kids and visitation and child custody during the holidays, maybe it's just a simple phone call after the first of the year, meet at McDonald's or something, and try to work it out. Well, and sometimes you have kids. to give up, and, and you have to give up a little bit, and that's tough too. Because, because it, well, it's all about power. It's it all is. about greed. It's all about control. Winning. But we're talking about kids. Yeah. And, you know, people have asked me um, as a step parent, because Will, our 21-year-old, is my stepson. And we had custody of Will from first grade on through. Um, and so he lived with us from first grade on. And we did the the switching back and forth and the, you know, all of that. I've been through it all. And we can talk about a million topics from I didn't get my tennis shoes back that I bought to you were late dropping him off. I can talk about it all. Both of us can. But people have asked sometimes, like, what's your piece of advice with the holidays? And this is a very controversial statement with a lot of people. When I've told them that, they have said to me, point blank, I would never give that up. The one thing that you and I came to the conclusion of very early on is somebody every year has to give up Christmas or give up Thanksgiving. And I know if you're listening, you're like, never going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But here's what happens. When you attempt to split a holiday, it makes the holiday miserable for everyone involved. And here's why. If you get Christmas, you know, Christmas Day from the time the child wakes up until three o'clock, that entire time period, it you might as well just stick a clock on the wall and have the, the hand running down like you're in the amazing race or something. And what you're going to do to your child is you're going to wake them up and you're going to try to do every Christmas tradition that you can cram in in that amount of time. You're going to make them eat breakfast that they don't want to eat. You're going to wake them up when they didn't get up on their own. You're going to force them to come down the stairs. You're going to have them open presents that they're too tired to open at that point. They're, smile for the camera. Smile for the camera. You're going to expect emotions. You don't look happy. Smile for the camera. Exactly. Terry. And then your other kids, if you have them, are witness to all of this as well. But they're also being rushed. And they're being rushed. And then there's this nervous energy that happens before the pickup. And can I take my presents with me? No, these presents stay at this house. Your your, your daddy, mama, will never see those presents again. We'll never see them again. It's just a mess. It's a mess. And so if I could give you any piece of advice, it is to acquiesce. That's a big word, but it just means just, you know, give some things up. Put your sword down and give up that holiday. And I guarantee you, you will have a better holiday while you will be sad to not have if you only have one child and that's your one child and you have a miserable Christmas. Guess what? The child didn't. And maybe you have a miserable Christmas every other year, but it all works out in the end. And, and you, you won't believe me, but I've been through it and we've done it. We did it both ways until we finally acquiesced and said, we, we're going to give up Christmas and we're going to do this every other year. You know, wh- whoever has Thanksgiving doesn't get Christmas. Whoever has Christmas that year doesn't get Thanksgiving. And what it meant even for Thanksgiving is you could sit down as a family and have a great meal. And for Christmas, you had the entire day. And yes, the child can get on the phone and talk to that other parent for two, three hours if you they want FaceTime to. FaceTime now. You can Zoom. Zoom, whatever. But it just, 
you know, be, and the other thing was I never thought because I didn't want you driving away from our kids on Christmas for pickup and takeoff. Where's daddy? Well, daddy's got to go pick up, you know, Kenny and bring him back or from East Tennessee. Yeah. It's just, uh, I, and I know if you're listening, you're like, you don't get it. And I have been in your shoes and I didn't get it. And I, at looking back as a fully formed adult, looking over what happened, I get it now. And we argued over a lot of stuff we shouldn't have argued over. If you choose to go back and try to amend your child custody agreement, it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Why don't you at least first try to have a conversation? I saw on social media somebody, they had, and again, listen, our, our co-parenting was rocky. I mean, we are writing a book and it's going to, going to be a musical. A musical? <laughs> but... I saw on social media where somebody had to meet at the sheriff's department. Like their decree says, you you must meet at the sheriff's department. Yeah. I mean, I think some, you know, and, and, and again. And they put a picture like of the Wakowski County Sheriff's Department, Humboldt County Sheriff's Department. It can be contentious. I mean, without a doubt. And and ours was as, as contentious as divorces come, ours was level X Games. X, one, you're in X Games mode. X Games mode 1000. So we hear you. Audio for this episode of my second act from CBS News. Voicemail text line 770-464-6024. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Is that a real one? No. Okay, yeah, I don't want to do that. Oh, good. Okay, we'll go quick. Yeah, we're afraid that we'll hear again such business. Something positive. I'm just going to do those. Okay. Okay, it's time. We also need to hit the uh, fruitcake.